Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the show. First thing is first. Some people I know through our map, the Rocky Mountain Automotive Press, which I joined... So it's 2018. Which I joined last year. It feels like it's been an age, but yeah, I joined last year. Some people I know through that organization, though, the Team Clearcoat. The people over at Team Clearcoat, Dave and Ian, had, have just celebrated their 200th episode. So let's... Good job. Awesome. I can't believe that they're almost at 200 episodes because they, I think they started their podcast a year before me. So it's, it's kind of funny uh, that we're both, well, that they've already hit the milestone and I'm fast approaching it. Congrats to you guys. I love watching your podcast. It's funny. Dave, the, <laughs> the Kia Sorento BMW thing, that that's never not going to be funny, especially your, your emotional breakdown over it. That is never not going to be funny. But for you guys who are listening that maybe don't listen to their stuff or are wondering why I bring this up, this is a different episode to normal ones, specifically because I had my first ever experience at an Unser karting event. Yes, Team Clearcoat, the Team Clearcoat podcast, decided to host an event, an all-you-can-race event, celebrating their 200th episode, and I was like, oh, hey, not only do I get to help them celebrate the 200th episode as a fellow podcaster... But I also get to have my first ever experience at Unser. So it was a win-win. So me and my dad got the tickets. I've been waiting anxious, anxiously since May. Since about May, maybe perhaps earlier this month, like the first of this month. But I've been waiting a long time. And let me say this. The prices are expensive when you look at them on the website. Not the all-you-can-race. All-you-can-race is an absolute steal. But the normal prices are a bit expensive. But I kind of understand why now, after being in their facility... That is one awesome go-karting facility. That's, it's nuts. It really is nuts. Me, me and my dad got there. I saw Ian and Dave's car. Dave actually has an Infinity. I thought he had the R32, but nope. Nope, that's Ian's. It's an, it's an old 03 era R32. That's what it, it looks pretty cool. It's in red with black wheels. Looks almost track ready. I see them in the window, but I stay outside to get a video. Then we walk inside. We do our registration. And then you can actually choose your racer name. When you're doing the registration, you can you can say what your racer name is. My dad chose E-Dog, which is just a really weird variation of his name. And I brought back a mantle I had coined myself uh, when I went to action karting. And that was the Tiny Terror. <laughs> Most, and if you don't understand why that's supposed to be funny, it's because I'm 5'4". So, but I'm a terror behind the wheel, so that's the joke there. But I reprised the mantle, the Tiny Terror... We, after a little while, went into the room to wait for training because we had to get training. And that took, a, that actually took a while. I think it took 20 minutes before someone came in. Mostly because we were waiting for people. We were waiting for drivers to come in. But it, it still took a little while. I was waiting there rather impatiently, I have to admit. But after, after all was said and done, we got into training. And they explained how the tickets work. Basically, you get two... They break up the races into... Think of it like Rallycross. They break it up into heats. And so you get tickets for your heat. And what you can do... And they say you can only have two tickets. However, when you go to do your heat... When, and you give the ticket to the person that lets you get in... Once you get out and do your race, you can just get another ticket. So you can always have two tickets on you and do... You could do literally every single heat provided there was room. Which was keyword, provided there was room. They explained to us a few things. The guy doing the training said that he was he explained for this for the track that we were at the layout that we were at what what constituted as fast 
He said anywhere between 34 and 35 seconds is about average. 33 probably a high average. And anywhere, anywhere, you know, 33 to 30, well, 33 to 30 is considered fast. And he said he was in the 31s as he, you know, he was an employee and probably has a lot of time behind the wheel at that track. So after that, we get out. I asked if I could use my helmet because I have a helmet now. I meant to make a post on my Instagram, but I'm actually kind of using the camera and I think the SD card with those photos in it, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, I got a I got a helmet recently. It's cool. We got we got a bunch of Cody's Car Conundrum stickers on it, and I put Cody Wagner or I had my dad put Cody Wagner on the back. And my reasoning for that was, and I said to him, so that when I pass people, they know who passed them. <laughs> and I said that without missing a beat too. But and it's in big letters. It's in really big letters. But it's a black helmet with a few gold outlines here and there. Very Black Pantherish. But anyway. So we got my helmet. I had a GoPro, and if you're wondering, if you want to know where the GoPro footage footage is, I'm probably gonna put it up. It's not great, but if you want to see it, I'm certainly gonna put it up because I have the footage. Might as well put it up. So I got that. We got got the helmet. I think I put the GoPro. I think I put the GoPro in it. In the well, in because I used the waterproof thing to mount it on because it doesn't have a non-waterproof mount. Unfortunately, my knockoff GoPro doesn't. But anyway, so we go upstairs, I talked to a few people, I talked to Dave and Ian, they, and I got the first group, I got 92A, that was the first group, and I didn't realize it, so I didn't get to, I didn't get to put the GoPro, I, did, I either didn't get to put it on, or I didn't get to turn it on and get it to record, because I, I just didn't realize we were getting called so early, and the reason, the reason why I didn't get that chance is because they have locker rooms, and I'm homeschooled, so I don't know how a locker room works, so I had my dad do it, because he done, he did go to public school. This was totally different to when he went to public school and had to put and had to do the combo for his locker. I think he eventually got it though. I just couldn't understand it because I, I it was the idea was so foreign to me. The idea was so foreign to me. I was like, I don't even understand how this is supposed to work, let alone how it actually works. So yeah, I had to enlist his help. So I did miss the first session. However, uh, in fact, no, not even however. Well, let's get into the full details of that first race. Before that, they said you could wear a neck brace and they could wear a hel- and you could wear a helmet. I actually forgot to wear my neck brace, mostly because I was always in a rush. And they said it was recommended. And I was, honest to God, I was going to put the neck brace on because I know how important that is. I just forgot. I totally forgot between how quickly I needed to get everything set up and how quickly we were getting called for heats, especially in later races. I totally forgot. To- Although... I'm also kind of glad I didn't have it on because it was hot. I'm rushing to, to make this race. And when I... And they have a, like a human pit area where they're, where all where all the people just wait. And then when they when they get called to their carts and then they just give the guy their ticket and then they go to their assigned carts. I was the last person that... No one was standing there. Everyone else was pretty much in their carts. I almost missed it. I almost missed my very first heat because I didn't realize, oh, hey, it's that soon. And I had to have my dad... Um, I had to have my dad get the GoPro and all that stuff. So I I was very nearly late. I was very nearly late. Or too late, I should say. It was almost a big shame, but I made it. I made it, so I, I sit down, I strap in, and I realize... And they said that the go-karts were adjustable, but I realized... A, I had no time. B, I really had no idea where the pedal adjustment was. Or the seat adjustment, for that matter, at the time. And C... The gas pedal goes really far, as in really far. And I don't have short, I'm all legs. I'm all legs, short torso, all legs. So you'd think think it wouldn't be a problem. But it kind of was because my legs were basically fully extended. So I was using, I was using my ankle. 
to get the pedal to go down. You know, normally. That's how you'd normally do it. But I only had so much articulation in my ankle. I really thought I wasn't going to get full throttle, but that was not the case. I don't remember where where in the line of cars I was exactly. I think I was right about mid-pack, actually. Because no one was on the track, they just immediately let us out. And I go, the cart... It's not like the action carts down at Bandemir. These carts aren't dogs at slow speeds. They're actually pretty good. They're pretty good. So I pull to the right out of the pin. I see people doing the F1 swerve. And I'm like, oh, are the tires cold? And would that help with stickiness? So I just start doing the same thing. I'm like, I, I don't have any experience at this indoor karting unser thing. I'm just going to do what they're doing. And due to, for, for some seriously weird reason, someone decided to pass me. And you're not supposed to pass on what was essentially a formation lap. Except we don't stop at the end. They just green flag us and we go. So I was a little bit peeved at that. I'm like, oh yeah, pass me when I'm trying to warm up my tires. Like that's the sporting thing to do. But I was like, whatever. If it, if it means I'm not holding them up, okay, fine. Because this is my first time. I'm not going to be that fast. They green light us and they have flags and blue fa- flags and stuff. Blue flag to get out of the way of a faster driver, obviously. So they have, you know, your typical flags, your white flag for one lap left to go. Check your flag for finished race or the race races uh, completed. Blue flag for get out of the way. You're slowing someone else down. So we go around one hairpin. I think I slide it because I was trying. I was trying to get my foot off the throttle, but because I only had so much articulation in my ankle. And my leg, well, it's not even that I had so much articulation in my ankle, my foot, my leg was kind of, it, it was bent, yes, but it was, it was like fully extended, but bent. So the only way for me to actually get off the throttle was for me to pull, would, would be for me to pull my leg off the throttle at the knee. That's, that's what I mean by the throttle was, it was so weird. So no matter what I tried, no matter how much, how many times I thought I was off the throttle going into many hairpins, I wasn't. So it meant I, I would it would have meant that the, the tail end would try to come around on me. And I noticed that. I, I think I remember that I noticed that on the on the formation lap. Anyway, so then we're going around the left hand. It's, it's basically a sweeper. But it's a double left hand sweeper. And then a right hand sweeper. And then right, and then right into a sort of kink. A left hand kink. And the, pro, and the problem is, it was... You could go really fast on in that left hand sweeper on that double left. It was like a double apex, but a really short double apex. It might as well have been one turn. And then you go to the right hand, but the right when you turned right, that wall stuck out so much. It basically put you, it put your left tire right in front of the left of the left wall when you were turning left into that kink. So you'd have to stay a little bit more right and then turn a lot left to make the turn. It was weird. It was weird. But I did fine. Then after that, it was a really... It was a tight but fast right-hander. That, it was a proper kink. And I, I get past... I got past, I think, earlier in the lap or a little bit later in the lap. But, but by the time I got past... And I, and I got blue flag, so I let them pass. When, no, when they passed me, I was actually gaining time. I was gaining time as soon as they got past me because I, at that point, I knew, okay, good. Now I have a driver that I can actually keep up with just about, but not so much where I'm going to blue flag him. You know, basically I was saying, oh, great. Now I can follow them, follow their line, try and keep keep their pace, see what I can get away with and what I can. And that, that was my trick and it worked really well. I was losing time, I think because I was losing focus almost immediately after that lap when I had someone to follow, but, I, but near towards the end, I... I collected myself and got my focus back and I started just pounding some really fast laps in. 
and the pit area was actually not where I expected it to be. And they, I think the cars got away from me a little bit. I was, I was a little bit far back, I'm not gonna lie. So when I came around the left-hand sweeper near the end of the lap, and by the way, there's two, no, there's three hairpins at this track, but anyway, coming to the left-hand sweeper at the, near the end of the track where the finish line is, that double, you know, the, the double apex, essentially. I'm coming really fast, really fast into that left-hander, almost a double apex, kind of like the Lesmos at Monza, but instead of there being a, a straight between them, imagine it as basically just one corner. That's what we were dealing with, but it was a left-hander. So I'm getting there, going through the left-hand sweeper. I'm go. I'm about to turn to the right to do my to take my the the line that I had learned, I suppose. The line really it wasn't a line I learned. I was just taking it because I thought it was the fastest. You know, I thought that that was the racing line. Um, and then I realized, oh wait, the race is over, and every single car in front of me has essentially stopped, and I'm going at uh, pretty much full race speed, uh, about to rear end someone. About to rear-end the mess out of someone. So I slam on the brakes, not even bothering to straighten the straighten the cart up. And the back end comes out. It's coming to the left. I counter-steer into it, and I avoid the accident. I almost spun, but I avoided the accident because I didn't realize. I thought the pit was a little bit further up. It's not. Right as you go, right as you go left into the sweeper, and as soon as you're about to turn right, just, just before... That left-hand kink after that section of corners is basically where the pit is. The wall comes out a little bit further, comes out a little bit before that, but that's essentially where it is. So yeah, I almost, I almost crashed into someone, but it didn't quite happen. So actually, I have a track map here. We were at the second level, not the third, not the third outdoor one. Second, they don't have a bottom. They don't have a first floor indoor track. So really, the second level is the first one. But yeah, so when you're going through that left-hand sweeper, you have a left double apex, but then on the right you kind of have a double apex. Although it's really short, so it's not really a double apex in the same way that the left hander is. But yeah, the pit entrance it it's it's weird because the the normal racing line when you're going right through that not a double apex through that right hander is so tight. It's so tight against the wall you could so easily easily miss it. That's why I thought it was further out because I thought you'd get a more gradual transition into that line. It's not. It's not a gradual transition. It's right into the turn. Right, or right, yeah, on the far right, on the most outside of that left-hander. That's where it is. But anyway, I'm going to stop blabbing about that because you probably want to know my lap time. Uh, there was 10 people. 10th had, well, in fact, let me tell you how the host did. So Ian did a 31-0. He did a 31 0.079, which is darn good. Knock Knock Goose, which is Dave, he did a 31.1. He did a 31.166. Then someone called Lobster did a 31.5. They were in third. Geo in fourth did a 31.6. Someone called Quattro had a 31.7. And, and by the way, their fastest laps are highlighted. Their fastest laps are highlighted. So yeah, then you had Dave. I, I don't, Some other Dave, not, not the Dave that's in second place. He got a 33-0. Bobby behind him got a 33-2. Chris behind Bobby. And by the way, Chris is in ninth. This man gets a 36-7. They get a 36-7. And then Leslie, and yeah, there were some women there, had a 43-0. Oh, 
A 43-0. They were slow. And I, I know it's a bit rude, but still. The, the, the guy who was training us said, if your lap time's over 40 seconds, you might want to find some speed. Because that, that's what happened there. And you're probably wondering where I was. Well, it was my first time. I was in sixth. And my first lap was slow, predictably. It was a 37-9. The second lap was a 37-0. The third lap was a 35-9. I almost gained two seconds. Fourth lap was a 34-1. I definitely gained a second there. And then the fifth lap was a 34-1 as well, except this time, see, the fourth lap was a 34.151. The fifth lap was a 34.141. A one, what, a, a tenth of a second there, I guess. Either way, I, I barely managed to be faster. But then, but then, on my seventh lap, I managed to get a 32.9! Then my 8th lap was a 30... Yeah, the 8th the lap was a 33.8, but we're going to focus on the 7th because that was the fastest. That's fast! That's that's a second and a bit off the top, you know, the top 3, but keep in mind, that was my first stint. I was almost late and I had never been to an indoor track before, and I was already in a fast time bracket. That's where I was, oh wait, 91A, that's the group I was in, not 92, my bad. Suffice to suffice it to say, I did not do bad for my first time. Again, I had someone to follow, but that doesn't mean I could have kept up with him, but it did help. Now let's see, I have, where's my dad's first? Cause he, oh, you know what? I forgot to say that. Okay, in the midst of all this and before, well, before all this, for my birthday, I wanted to have a go-kart battle between me and my dad. I wanted to see who was faster, because we had been to actual karting before, and he was there he was there on the track with me, but he got stuck behind he got stuck behind some others, so we didn't actually get a chance to race head to head. This was that chance. This was that chance to race head to head. And even though only in the later ones we we never we still never really raced properly head to head, because you'd get blue flagged. It was all about the lap time. It was all about who could get the faster lap time. So yeah, my dad was racing. He was there. And that was my first... 91A was my first race of the day. Now I gotta find... Because I have both my time cards and dad's. So I gotta figure out... I gotta find where his first one is. This one is also mine. Okay, I think that's the first one. I'm not totally sure yet. See, I know dad had two... I know my dad had two tickets, but I don't know what his... I don't know what his first stint was exactly. I think, honestly, I actually think he might have missed it. But, anyway. Okay, I found it. So, Dad was 92B. So, the... Okay, so the hosts weren't in that race. So, someone named Nick in 92B got a 30.9. Then, second place was a guy called Peter. He got a 30.9, except it was a slower 30.9, but that's still... It, it was so... Nick got a 30.904. Peter got a 30.969. It was close! And then Fast Earth got a 31.8. Matt P got a 32.0, and they're in fourth. Keith, which is someone we there's someone we talked to a lot during during sort of like the in-betweens. They got fifth. They were a 33.2. Koopa Zhao, they were 33.8. They're in sixth. Ryan in seventh got 33.0. And then Mad Mick in, or Mike, actually, it's supposed to be Mike. In ninth, Mad Mike got a 34.444. My dad, who is in eighth, had a 
34.424. So they, so he didn't do too badly. Now, where am I? So the interesting thing here, the interesting thing to note, is my dad technically, yeah, he had the faster first lap than me. He had the faster first lap than he had... A much faster second lap. I was still getting progressively faster. A much slower third lap. My third lap was faster. And then fourth lap. That's basically the way that it went. But yeah, so the first time out, uh, I beat my dad in the first group. And I was I was I was dying to know what he did time-wise. Cause I had I let me say I was I wasn't talking a lot of smack prior. But I had high expectations that I would do better. And then I saw that he did a 34, which was only a 34-4, which is only two-ish seconds off me. Yeah, some two-ish seconds off me, less than that, but I can't be bothered to do the math. I I I as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, this might be closer than I thought. This is bad. This yeah. I was like, I was, I was just oofing in my mind. I was like, no, no, this, ooh, ooh, I'm not as confident as I was. Okay, that's 105, 97B, that's the one that dad had. So, my next race was 96A. So, Dave beat out Ian, holy mess, I, I didn't see that for the rest of the day. So, Dave got a 31.0, Ian got a 31.0, but a slower version. Lobster got third again, he got a 31.2. Quattro did a 31.7. Dave something did a 30... A different Dave. Did a 32.4. Chris did a 31.1. And Leslie did a 39.5. Which, hey, is faster. I, on the other hand, on my fastest lap, which was the 7th lap, got a 32.1. I almost got to the 31s, and that was my second race. That was my second race, mind you. That's getting with the program. And the rest of my laps, look, my first lap was a 33.9. The second lap was a 33.2. Sorry, 32.3. The third lap was a 32.5. The fourth lap was a 32.9. The fifth lap was a 32.4. The sixth lap was a 33.3. I might have gotten caught behind someone or just made a mistake. Seventh lap was a 32.1. That was my best one. And then my eighth was a 32.8. So as you can, as you can see, I was very consistent. And I was in, I was in fifth again. I was in, I was in fifth. Dad's group, the fastest person was Nick it, with a 30.6. Matt P in second got a 31.4. Keith actually got up into third this time. Good on him. Did a 32.4. If I had been in his group, I would have beaten out Keith. Well, but I potentially would have beaten out Keith, but I would have been third. Anyway, Danny in fourth got a 32.6. Koopa Zhao in fifth got a 32.8. Mad Mike in sixth got a 32.9. My dad in seventh got a 32-0. Sorry, a 32, a 33-0 on his best lap. He got a 33-0. Then Ryan got a 33-1 in eighth, and Peter got a 33-5 in ninth. My dad though, he did better. He gained a second on his second out on his second outing, and he got a 33-0. And once again, when I saw that, I was like, "This is closer than I thought." I had a second and a hundred and a hundredth on him, or whatever. The, however, you say the points, I still haven't figured that one out yet. But I had 1.1 seconds on my dad at that time. I had about a second on him. 900, what, 900th of a second? I don't care. Either way, I was ahead. And, and this was both both of our second, second goes at it. And 
that was his time, 33-0. Now, the next race, because we took, we took a, I think, an unintended break after that. And by unintended, I mean we didn't know to just get more tickets, so we were kind of late to it. So our next race was then 105, and this time we were actually both in this one. So the first place person was Sherwin. They got a 30.5, Matt P got a 30.7 in third, Peter got a 31.2 in third. I got, and I was fourth. I was fourth, and it's important to note that at this time, when I went, when we were going to do our 105 group, our 105 heat, I was talking to, prior to that, Dave and Ian told me that they would teach me, they would tell me a trick to gain half a second. That's what Dave said, I could teach you how to get half a second easy. Before me and my dad's group went up, before our group went up, I had a chance to talk to Dave and Ian, and what they told me was, on that left hand, double apex take it a little bit wider so don't immediately apex late apex it so you straight line the corner and then that sets you up i it's hard it's kind of hard to explain without actually showing you guys but basically through through the section where the finish line is section one we'll call it through the left hand sweeper take a wider late apex it a bit then when you get to about middle through that turn throttle because you'll have the straight line and that and that sets you up for the next turn after that and then when you go to the left turn kink, it's really tight. It, it's kind of tight, but it is still kind of a kink. So, and through the left turn kink, try to late, late apex that one as well. Because then the right turn kink before the top of the track where there's a hairpin, if you can late apex that left hand kink before the right hand one, the right hand one. So it's basically flat. And I didn't do that till later, but it's basically flat. And it sets you up. It makes up your whole lap. Do right, right in that section one, and then section two, ha, right after that hairpin had a fast chicane, really fast. Like Isle of Man TT kind of chicane where you can go flat, but the walls are really close. It's scary. It's very scary. But I went flat. I I was not a wuss. I was not. Let me let me emphasize that. I was not a wuss. I went flat out. I went flat out through there. And then there's there's a left hand. It's not it's not even a kink, but it's just if I were to explain it in rally terms, it was like a left three, fast, but you had to break. You really had to break. Yeah, not not even a hairpin. Just it was a left three, and then there was a hairpin after that. And so they were saying when you get into that left three, they didn't say left three, but because we had the track map on our timestamps. So when you get into the left three, take it tighter on entry. So that you can, once again, late apex the mess out of that turn. Because then right after that, there was actually a proper, it was a proper double apex. A lot like, uh, a bit like Monza, but a tighter, but a tighter entry. And so what they were saying was go wide, then take it tight on that, on that hairpin, and then, you know, drift wide again, and then take that other right-hander. And that was, that was also, that was more like, that was like a right two and a half. You could, you, I guess you could take it flat. I didn't have the guts to. I'll say that. I didn't have the guts to take that turn right after the hairpin flat because the braking zone for the next hairpin, it was basically that whole area, section section two, is just switchback. It's just complete switchback. So after you get so after you get past the right left two and a half the sorry, after you get past the right two and a half, the braking zone is right after and it's another hairpin. And I didn't have the guts to go flat out because the fast you know the faster you go, the more you're going to drift wide. Because I was trying to have as minimal steering input as possible to reduce the amount that I was going to slide. 
Because you had to turn in really hard. And at that speed, you're going to slide. And so I didn't want to slide and then have to brake and then slow it down. So I ended up just lifting a little bit, which I, I still slided because I wasn't actually all the way off the throttle, but it helped. It absolutely helped. So, yeah, I wasn't flat out through there, but but the, the crux of what they were saying was take the left three tight, straight line the apex, and then that really helps you through that next day, through that next, through the right two and a half, and then the hairpin, you know, whatever. And I will say on one lap on that hairpin, I did actually slide going into the braking zone, but because of the way I let off the throttle and because my, no, because of the way I let off the brake and, the, and my foot was still a little bit on the throttle, I, I braked. The cart slid a little bit to the left, so I turned left. I steered to in the direction of the slide. Then, it, then the cart gripped up perfectly right in the direction of the hairpin, but then it started sliding the other way. So it was almost like a Scandinavian flick. It was so cool. It was so cool. It was only a minor little slide coming into it, but right when it hooked up and it slid just a little bit out, oh man, I felt like James Hunt. I felt like James Hunt. To take one from Richard Hammond, I felt like a driving god. <laughs> it was nuts. It was so awesome. It wasn't good for my laptop. It was not good for my laptop, I'll say that, but it felt so awesome. So, And it actually helped to pitch the front end in a little bit. The problem is that with carts like that, once you start sliding and then it grips up, you actually kind of, you know, you lose a little bit of power because it has to rev up again. It's like turbo lag, but those carts aren't turbo, but it, it was so cool. It was so cool. I kept sliding through that through that hairpin actually because I couldn't. I just couldn't get my my foot off the throttle enough. And I don't think not sliding would be completely faster. I think you need to keep the engine in the RPM, you know, in the power band. So sliding really helps, especially to, for eliminating the understeer, really pitching the card in. I just couldn't get a really good balance though between quickly sliding it through the turn and then just pitching the front end in in a slide that wasn't actually all that fast. But anyway, uh, back to the lap time. So yeah, on the 105 heat, I employed I employed what they taught me, or well, what they told me, because I they couldn't really teach me because I had, I I wasn't in their group. I had to do it myself. I had to, and keep in mind, I learn more by seeing than I do by hearing. But I think for driving, I have a good enough amount of knowledge, and I've watched enough instructional videos to understand the crux of what they were saying. So I didn't I didn't get to see it perfectly i don't think but i but dave was right i picked up half a second i was fourth in 105 and i did a 31.5 from a 32 1 to to a 31.5 i made a point six hundredths of a second that's good dave was right dave and ian were completely right i picked up half a second easy by doing that and so let's see my first lap was a 34.6 second lap was a 32.0 sorry 33.0 Third lap, 33.6. Fourth lap, 32.3. Fifth lap. I think by the time I was on the fourth and fifth lap, I had figured out how to do it better. And I guess I was in clean air or cleaner air, I should say. Then the fifth lap, 32.2. Sixth lap, 32.3. Seventh lap, 32.6. But then the eighth lap, the last lap, I managed to get it right. I got a 31.5. I had one do or die moment to get it right, and I did. Holy mess. That was, uh, whew, that was sketchy. Dave and Ian were completely right, made up half a second. And of course, I was trying what they were saying elsewhere, but the problem was, in section two, in that first hairpin at the beginning of, uh, what is the beginning of section two, 
I always had someone on me, and they would always try and undercut me. So I really had a hard time trying to make that move work. I did it to the best of my ability, though. And yeah, I made up half a juicing second. So, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go through everyone else except for Keith. Actually, Keith was eighth. He did a 33.4, but my dad, who was in ninth, did a 34.2. He did a 34.2. Now our next race, immediately after that one, was one no, no 108 was it? Yeah, 108. So I had, I was in fourth again. I did a 31.9. So I was a bit slower. Probably made a few mistakes, got stuck, blah, blah, blah. Typical racing driver excuses. Keith in six did better. He actually beat one of my earlier times. The he beat my first time because he's in sixth. This was 108, so this was the fourth run, I think, and he did a 32.1. He did a 32.1, which is good. And then Dad was in 10th. Poor Dad was in 10th, and he did a 33.6, which, credit to him, is fast. It was very, It was very fast. But he was still in tenth, and and that's that's how you know you got a bunch of racers in we in the paddock or well it was actually a bar, but yeah that's how you know you have a bunch of racers in the paddock is when you do what is technically a fairly fast lap and you're still last. <laughs> Numbers okay. Then this is one eleventh. This was our fifth one. I actually managed to make third. I managed to make third this time. I got on my fastest lap. A 31.5. But it was faster than my last 31.5. Because this 31.5 was a 31.533. My last 31.5 was a 31.593. So I made up some 60, I guess 60 milliseconds is what I made up. Exactly 60 milliseconds. Keith was behind me and he did a 32.1. He was in fourth. Then Dad, poor Dad, he did a 33.5. So he was faster, but he was in seventh. And then, let's see, let's see, let's, this is 114, where am I? I did bad, and here's the thing, 114 was the last race, and in 111, I think in 111, I had, I just couldn't get past someone, was it 111? It might have been 111, one of the races before 114, I could not get past someone for the life of me, could do it, because they kept getting blue flags, but they would never look back to see if I was behind them, and so I never got the chance to pass, and so... They were slower than I was expecting. I braked, I got hit, and then they got into an accident because I was trying to get them blue flagged to get them out of my juicing way. I crashed into them, and then I got rear-ended. I got rear-ended like mess. That was the one time I really wish I had my neck brace. I'm fine. My neck is fine. I just wish I had the neck brace, but that accident really messed me up because I got motion sick because I wasn't expecting to get hit so hard from behind, and I was looking back almost just as I got hit. Thankfully, I turned my head before they actually hit me, but I wasn't expecting them to hit me. I thought they were actually going to stop. And so then I was still, I was looking up as I was turning and then my head, you know, got thrown back and it completely messed me up. And because I was trying to get out of the way, I had to get on the throttle. So I was so motion sick after that one. And 114 was the last race on lap, apparently on, no, yeah, lap four. I, I, in the race 114, I thought I was going to throw up. I really thought I was going to throw up. I had to let... I let two people pass. I pulled over. The top of the track where the hairpin is is actually a little bit wide. I had to pull off. Not over. I didn't stop. But I pulled off. And I had to slow the mess down. I just let them pass me. I'm like, I can't. I can't let them force me faster. Because if I do, I'm going to throw up. I'm I, really, I believed I was going to throw up. Which makes this all the funnier and all the more surprising. So, first lap was garbage. It was a 36-9. Although, so, I'm an 8th. Despite my motion sickness, my dad is in ninth. 
behind me. He wasn't last, but he was behind me. I will say, though, his average laps, for the most part, are faster than mine. So my first lap was a 36.9. His first lap was a 37.0. My second lap was a 40.4, because I was just so out of it. I had to... I think what I did is I let people get ahead of me. Because what... On 111, what I did was I, I slowed down to give myself some clean air. Because this was lap time. We weren't racing for the sake of racing. This was lap time. So... His second lap was a 33.8. My third lap was a 34.000. It was a 34 second on the dot. I've never seen a lap so perfect. But I've seen a time so perfect. His third lap was a 35.1, which is weird. My fourth lap was a 44.2. That's when I pulled over and thought I was going to just chug, just throw up my five guys that I had earlier. His Fourth lap was a 35 point, was a 35, yeah, 35.5. My fifth lap, my fifth lap was a 32 point, no, wrong person. So my fifth lap was a 33.7, so still fast. His was a 37.8, he probably got stuck behind someone. My seventh lap was a 33.2, and that was my best lap. His was a 33.3. And trust me, it's close. And then I didn't actually have an eighth lap because the I was I was going so slow, I was going so slowly because I was so sick. But Dad did have an eighth lap. He had a thirty-four point one, and that's that. That's all. That's all the times. This was we didn't really bet on anything prior to the, you know on who would be faster. It was just a complete bragging rights and personally my own pride. Um, and yeah, oh yeah, I beat my dad. <laughs> we proved once and for all who, well at the very least at that track we proved who is the faster driver, and that's me. That's me. Felt good. Felt good. Not gonna lie. And also, and, and and let me say this. There was also a little bit more riding in this whole thing for me personally because uh, I used to race on an old sim called Race 07. And I was never actually that. I was okay. I was perhaps average. I never really won. I got, I got second a handful of times. But more likely than not, I was seventh, maybe fifth. I wasn't actually, I wasn't that fast. To be honest with you. When I first went into Race of 7 multiplayer. I actually did win a few races. Mostly because people kept spinning their rear wheel drive car. I had a rear wheel drive car. But I had a much more sensible strategy. That my own consistency gave me the win of that race. But you know. It was a it was 100 Mbit and PB Fanatic. Were the servers I used to race on. And that really kind of bruised my racing ego. Because like oh. I'm not actually as good as I thought. I'm not actually as fast as I thought. I've done a few races, well, like Forza Horizon kind of races and Motorsport 7 sort of races. And, you know, and that kind of thing. And action karting was always fast. But I guess, I guess I just didn't think about it this time because I, I was still kind of in a mindset of, okay, I wanted to beat my dad, don't get me wrong. But personally, I really just wanted to prove to myself that I, that I was actually a fast racer. Maybe not on every game or in every car, because they, I raced a lot of front-wheel drive cars on Race of 7, and those those in the physics system was kind of weird, and my computer was a little slow back then. But, yeah. And, and it was a new track. You know, it was a new track, it was a different car. It was important to me to prove to myself that I was still what I personally thought to be a relatively talented driver. A, a relatively talented and fast racer, despite having the disadvantage of not having been at this track. And so getting within a second of the hosts, Dave and Ian, the Team Clearco guys, who race every Thursday. I don't know if they race there every Thursday, but they do go-karting every Thursday, uh, as far as I remember. 
And so that's that's really what I wanted to prove to myself was I was I still am never was not not a fast driver. That and so like I said I wanted to beat my dad and hey I got the bragging rights now for being the fastest driver. That, <laughs> I have the bragging rights for that and I got the timesheets to prove it. But it was in the back of my mind in my subconscious conscience that was the true goal was to prove to myself that I am actually fast. I'm not I'm not just fast on my own. I'm not just fast when I know the track. And uh, and the track it's not that simple actually. It's got a you know it's got a, a number of hairpins and all that. But yeah, that's subconsciously that's what I really wanted to prove to myself is that I am actually a fast driver. Because action karting, you know, I know that track fairly well. I know the karts there fairly well. I have experience there. But I think a, a sort of a truly talented driver can post a fast lap even with minimal experience. Because that's their that's their raw skill. That's their rate. I would say racecraft, but I don't think that's the, the, the proper contact context people actually use racecraft for. But you know, that's their that's their skill and that's their raw talent on display not not their experience and their skill not that that's not important it's because that is absolutely important but a really fast driver can be fast even when the odds are stacked against them and i wanted to prove to myself that i was actually i was the the driver i thought i was and i absolutely proved it i absolutely proved it so now i make you know i still make mistakes i might be fast in every game things happen things Happened, blah blah blah, but there is no doubt in my mind now. No doubt in my mind, I, I am actually a good fast driver. And and keep in mind, my dad also he did a really good time, but obviously he's got a lot more time driving than I do. But you could argue, well, yeah, but then he has to readjust the car to blah blah. I look, my dad's a speed demon though, so you know that to me is like okay, that I I expected him to get something fast, not as fast as he first did, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun. I had so much fun. I even saw someone else from our map, Matthew Pilgrim of the Pil- of Pilgrim Motor Press. There, he was faster than me. He posted thirty seconds multiple times, so he was faster than me. Uh, but I, I don't know if he did that more. But so I had so much fun. The motion, the motion sickness sucked, obviously, because motion sickness sucks. But I had so much fun. I got to do it again. I got to get into the thirties. I really want to challenge the host next time. I've got to challenge them next time. But yeah, I had so much fun. It was awesome. And and me and Dad finally got to go head-to-head. As far as lap time goes, we finally got to go head-to-head. And finally settle who's the faster driver. And that turned out to be me. <laughs> and and keep in mind, and one thing that I forgot to mention, his fastest lap of the whole day was on his second race. Second race, and it was a 33-0, which is still impressive. Don't get me wrong. I just thought he would have gotten faster later in the day. But no, he even he was stumped at how he really only managed... 34s, high 33s most of the time. Whereas I only got faster the rest of the day. Except except for the last race because I was so motion sick. Gotta do it again. I Look, I would not enjoy the, how expensive a membership would be. I would not like that. However, for how much fun that is, I think that would outweigh the negative of how expensive it is. If I had enough income to afford that, uh, a proper membership on a regular basis, I'd get it. I'm so I totally get it. It's so much fun. It is crazy amounts of fun. You just you wouldn't believe it. You would not believe it. Those cars are, they go 40 miles per hour indoors, and the track is like Monaco. You really can't pass unless you force your way through. 
And I never, I never really did. I never forced. I either waited for someone to make a mistake or they got blue flagged. I tried to be the, I tried to be Jim Clark, the gentleman racer. I did my darndest to be that, and I think I did a pretty good job, except for on the, I think on 111, because I, I kept getting roped into accidents. It was easily the most amount of fun I've ever had karting. The most amount of fun I have ever had karting. You've got to do, you've got to try. It's expensive. Wait and hope that they do a, any indoor karting place that they do an all-you-can-race and go for it. Absolutely go for it. It is so much fun. I can't get enough of that. I have got to go again. <laughs> gotta have... Me and Dad gotta go again. I wanna have more battles. I have... When this podcast blows up further than it already has, I have got to organize my own all-you-can-race event there. I have got to do it. Because that would be... That will be way too much fun. It'll be way too awesome. Those cards are way too fast. It's all it's so frantic. You don't have any time to think, but you're just so in the zone. It's it's so cliche to say, but you're one with the card. I forgot to turn my GoPro on one time and I barely had time to turn my GoPro on. Barely. And it was just a little button on my wrist cuz I have a remote. And then my visor, I have a basically sunglasses in my built-in sunglasses in my helmet. And it's a little lever on the left where my near my jawline. And I barely had time to fix it. It is just a little flick. I mean, beyond finding it, which isn't that hard, but I barely had time to fix it. That is how tight that track was. But it's awesome. And by the way, the reason why it was hot when I was racing is because of my visor, because there's one horrible nasty bump right before that left-hand sweeper, and my visor kept falling down. <laughs> it kept. I tried to keep it cracked to let the air in, but every time, because I, I was going flat out, I'm telling you, I was not a wuss. I was going flat out. I didn't even lift over the bump. And it kept shutting my visor off, uh, visor down. So every time we got into the pits, I kept wondering, why is my face hot? Drop my eye, j just look down a little bit. Oh, hey, my visor is closed. And yeah, my helmet, I think it has a handful of vents, but they're, they're pitiful. They don't do much. They really don't do anything. Dave, Ian, if you're listening, you got to do that again. We have... <laughs> We have got to, we have got to do that again. Gotta have another all you can race. That is way, way too much fun. It is too awesome. I gotta organize one of those myself. <laughs> oh, if we had an R map version, if we had an R map only Unser All You Could Race event, especially for like the 2019 Christmas party, dude, <laughs> dude, I would be all over. I I really want to race David Miramoto. Actually, I really want to race him because he actually races. I'd love to know. I'd love to know how fast I am compared to him. But yeah, it's gotta happen. Gotta happen. Gotta go there again. Gotta do it. Guys, if everyone else who's listening, if you can do it, go. Even even if you don't have an all you can race, at least experience it once. It's expensive, I know, but it's like nothing else. It's like nothing else. As long as you don't get crashed into too much, you won't regret it. <laughs> it's nuts though. Can't recommend that enough. Thank thank you again, Damon Ian. For hosting the Team Clear Coat All You Can Race 200th podcast celebration episode, Unsur Carding event. That's a long name. I just butchered it. But thank you for hosting. That was awesome. That was fantastic. It was phenomenal. There's there's not enough words. There's not enough adjectives I can use to describe how awesome that was. Gotta do it again. Gotta do it again. I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to like, comment, and share. If you're on YouTube, subscribe and hit the notification bell. That way you'll be notified of all my uploads. 
I will see you guys soon. Gotta do, I gotta do it again. It's a must.